In this edition of Locked On Capitals, Hockey Troll of the Caps Chur Podcast joins me as we talk about the moves the Caps should make before the trade deadline, the All-Star break, and what we can expect for the remainder of the season on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are joined by Hockey Troll of the Caps Tour podcast. Hockey Troll, welcome to the show. What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Good to have you here. So just uh, taking a look at this Caps team, you take a look at the month of December and they killed it. They moved all the way up in the standings and they were making some good ground. And then the month of January came and kind of like someone took a, a, a nail and just shoved it into the sire of the Caps. And all of a sudden it was deflated and things kind of fell apart. What ultimately do you think was wrong with the Capitals in the month of January? Two big statement losses, I guess I'm going to say, one against the Golden Knights and one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. On paper, it seems like they should have been playing that much better considering they got Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom back. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think the number one thing that is different between December and January is that the December strength of schedule was relatively weak. I think it was the easiest month that the Caps had, aside from maybe the last month leading up into the playoffs. If you look at that schedule, you know, there weren't a lot of playoff contenders. Um, and the ones that we we were beating, you know, we were steamrolling. The boys are riding high. Uh, and to your point about Backstrom and Wilson coming back, you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough bounce because obviously you want them in the lineup and you want them to be performing at it peak performance levels because on paper, like you said, they're much better than the guys that we had in. But I think in December, the caps really just clicked, right? Like all the guys that were in and out of the lineup, you know, the team that was healthy had finally received, you know, had finally got their chemistry going, were, were, you know, working hard for it, for each other. And then two forwards come back and basically replace uh, large parts of the core. And <clears throat> it takes a while for those guys to, uh, to figure it out. Obviously Nick Backstrom has played incredibly well. He looks really good. Um, you know, you know, with, with the hip resurfacing thing. And then there's Wilson who unfortunately blocked that shot. He's back out. Uh, but he was starting to warm up as well. You know, you got to give these guys some time. I think they've earned the time, you know, uh, instead of being so critical, but uh, the strength of schedule and the kind of mix up in chemistry, I think it's the, the, probably the biggest thing, uh, that, that changed from December to January. 
And as we take a look at the standings here, the Caps uh, are still in that first wild card spot. So it's not like all hope is lost here. But what is your projection for the rest of the season? Is this going to be a December Caps going forward? Or is this going to be an October-November Caps going forward? It, it seems like this team is kind of struggling with an identity. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a great question. I'm not really sure, man. I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be trending more. I think it's more of a January Caps, to be completely honest, moving forward. Kind of a mix. Uh, we should be, you know, the problem with October was that we were losing to teams that were quote unquote scheduled wins, right? Uh, we were dropping three, four, five games in a row. That's bad. Um, you know, if the Washington Capitals can stay a hair above 500 for the rest of the season, I, I project them going into the playoffs at the first wild card spot, maybe even the third division spot. But, um, that all depends on the teams behind us who could, you know, you could, you look at Buffalo right now, they go on like a six game run. Uh, everybody's in trouble, Pittsburgh and Washington. And then even that, that, uh, that Atlantic division third spot. Right. So it's super tight. It's super close. The metropolitan again is proved to be the best division in hockey. And uh, the Atlantic is, you know, that, that second, and they're pretty close there. So um, I'm thinking that, the Capitals are probably going to be a bubble team. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to be in the first wild card spot. And honestly, anything that keeps us away from the Boston Bruins in the first round, I'm, I'm okay with. Yeah, it is a tough uh, division. And some teams are getting even better. If you take a look at the New York Islanders, they signed Bull Horvat to a deal. Um, I didn't really think that the Islanders were contenders. I'm still not totally convinced that they are. It is kind of laid out the gauntlet for the Caps and the rest of the Metro division here that, okay, you see our move. What is your move going to be next? Uh, I ultimately don't think the Caps are going to make any big moves. I guess it depends upon if John Carlson comes back or when he comes back. I think if they make any kind of moves, they're going to be comparable to a Sonny Milano or a Nicholas Abe Cubell, one of those kind of lower impact moves. Do you see the Caps making any big moves here uh, before the deadline? Well, I know that half of Twitter wants Lars Eller gone, which is foolish to me because I love that guy. Um, I think that, okay, you know, obviously some of his – plays are bad, but everybody makes bad plays. But the thing about Lars Eller is that he is a very responsible two way forward. He's got size. Um, he plays a role. Uh, you can't say that for our top tier centers, right? Like, you know, you're not looking while Nick Backstrom is an incredibly good two way uh, player. You, you really lean on him for offense. And then same with Kuznetsov. I mean, good luck getting Kuzi to, to play too hard a defense at least. Um, and that's just the nature of personnel management. Uh, but I, I have to agree with you, man. The Washington Capitals have been up against the cap for years. It's crazy, and it's it's really expert GMing that has gotten us that marquee defenseman almost year in and year out, especially you know post and pre two two thousand eighteen Cup run. Um, so when you look at the, the the options, even this year, even even less uh, than they have been in the past. You know, you're looking at guys who are on LTIR. Uh, Hey, if the Caps can play that cap that cap game, if you will, a la the Tampa Bay Lightning, and really kind of keep John Carlson on the shelf, have him return in playoffs when the cap is no longer counted, that would be awesome. I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, 
I'm not sure. And, you know, we've they've been very quiet about John Carlson's injury as well. From what it sounds like, his entire ear was sheared off his face. That's a pretty devastating injury to come back from. But if it's just surface, you know, that's a few weeks to, to heal up and, and get swelling down. You know, players have played through worse. Um, but again, you know, I don't want to I'm not speculating here. I'm just saying like what what we've seen. Uh, I don't want to speculate on that injury. Obviously, if it's more serious, he should be taking all the time that's that's necessary. Um, but even with John Carlson out, man, I mean, our hands are tied. I feel like forward depth, like you'd said, is probably a concern that they're going to want to get uh, handled. You know, you've got guys who are streaky, like Mantha, um, who maybe could be looking for another home or whatever it may be. Uh, there's there's some movable pieces, but I think that the big thing to keep in mind is when you're looking at the trade deadline, uh, teams, the other team also needs to get better as well, right? So either we're mortgaging the future, which I'm fine with. I don't care, you know, draft picks or draft picks. Let's sell them all. Uh, it's win now for the Washington Capitals, but really they have zero leverage. They have draft picks and they have one really attractive trade bait. And I think that's Dylan Strome and I don't want to move him. I'd rather extend him long-term um, because he still, I believe has the RFA moniker attached to his contract. So they're, they, that's really their only big name person that they could move for like a top six guy. Uh, I don't know if Anthony Mantha, Lars Eller, you know, some of our depth defensemen are going to fetch that same price, especially on the contracts that they're at. Um, so yeah, like you said, I think that it's more of a depth move, I think that the Washington Capitals are, for the most part, uh, staying pat. And it's kind of one of the interesting things. I hear this on Twitter, as I'm sure you do as well, covering the team, is Anthony Mantha, a very polarizing player. We've got to get rid of Anthony Mantha. My big thing on him is, is we still have one more year of his contract. In worst case scenario, he is a depth piece that they can kind of keep in their back pocket. But I hear everything. You know, before Bull Horvat was traded, I heard people on Twitter saying, you should trade Anthony Mantha for Bull Horvat or Eric Carlson. I'm like, in what world would a team want to make a trade like that? It would be Anthony Mantha plus 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 so what yes. do you think the Caps do with Anthony Mantha it's kind of my belief that they hold on to him uh, at least through the end of the year the only way I could see them moving on from him is if they you know were just kind of bundled them together with a bunch of other players just to get his contract off the books yeah I think you're absolutely right and the Caps won't do that because they don't need to right I mean there is no target uh, you know, unless we're going to bring in a big name, a top six forward, really a top three uh, player on either either side of the puck, uh, there's really no reason to be doing that. That's just an overhandle, you know. Uh, let's further disrupt the chemistry of the team that we have now by shipping out two players for one or three players for one. I mean, it just seems like, uh, you know, just – too much, too much stuff. Uh, it, that just doesn't make sense. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, you have to look at Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha was um, a pariah in in Detroit. He was uh, too big for the way, for the style that he plays. Right? People don't like to see a man who's like six seven on skates not destroying people on the ice. But unfortunately, that's just how he plays. He is a skill player. He's a, more of a finesse guy. He does lay the body but it does seem like he is uninterested in playing the physical grinding game um, of which his phys physique may lead people to believe that he can play. Um, he's a, he's got that skill skills 
skill set for that top six role for sure. You know, he's a scoring winger. That's really kind of how and and a power forward at that, right? A guy that can break out and and burst down the side boards and then get a good shot and and put it on net and 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 hopefully score. He's been a bit snake bitten. He's been streaky his entire career. I mean, there's just I really don't see him, you know, he's not even worth a first round pick, I think, for most teams outside looking in. That's just yeah. my take. So. Yeah, and they've tried their hardest with Anthony Mantha to try to turn him into a tough guy, but he's just not intrinsically that kind of a tough guy. The fights I have seen him in, I think the one fight, he had the jersey pulled over his head and it was just all sorts of <laughs> awkward. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about, is there a goalie controversy in Washington? We'll talk about that next. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid on your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at Locked On to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. One more time, that's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. So the Caps in the offseason, they went out and they signed Darcy Kemper, marquee name Darcy Kemper, Stanley Cup winner. But there's some things we knew about him. We knew that he was prone to being bit by the injury bug. We know that he is injured and we know that he's inconsistent from time. So what did they do? They cut bait with Vanacek and Samsonov, no qualifying offers, and they signed Charlie Lindgren, Chucky Sideburns to a three-year deal, kind of making an AHLer's dream out there. And he did a killer job in the month of December alone. I would say single-handedly, saving the capital season because if Darcy went out and they had, you know, Zach Fukale or Vitek Vanacek from last year in here, the cap season could be coming to an end sooner than anyone thought. But now there is talk about there about a potential goalie controversy over his last 13 starts. Charlie Lindgren is 10, three and O with a 2.24 goals against average and a 0.918 save percentage. Darcy Kemper has been pulled twice over his last four starts. And I don't want to, you know, get too crazy here and say that Darcy's a horrible goalie, but it's, it's crunch time for the Capitals now. And I'm in the winning business for the Capitals. I'm not about putting a label on it that this is our number one goalie and we must roll with this guy come hell or high tide. Is there a goalie controversy? And are you of the belief that you got to go with a hot hand, not over who's your number one? Uh, yeah, I mean, to a point, <clears throat> you know, I think that the the two polls for Darcy were mercy polls. I think the Caps came out flat. Uh, they were not playing well in front of him. And they were at times getting outclassed uh, by a better, faster, more skilled team, it seemed. Uh, when the Caps put out their best product 
things, you know, it come in December, I really did think the Washington Capitals had something special. And I still do. I think that they still have that jam. I love the system that Lavi's putting in that five man cycle was mesmerizing to me watching. So I'm sure it was hell to play against uh, for the opposition. And that just really showcased the creativity and, and the, the skill the Washington Capitals had. I'd love them to get back to that. You know, putting, keeping the puck in the offensive zone is something that they're good at. Uh, they're not putting the puck in the back of the net at the rate that I would love them to, but the trend points to filling the back of the net. Uh, when it comes to the goalies, though, you know, I, I – uh, you know, I know where you're going with this. I mean, we talked about it in the pre-interview about possibly making a move for another Tendi. I think that if that does go through, that's probably going to be part of a three-team deal or leverage. So, of course, you know, we just talked about the Washington Capitals can't can't punch with the high-value contracts, right? But a goaltender is always cheap. Good teams do not pay a lot for a goaltending tandem, even though that's the most important position on the ice for the exact reasons that you named about Darcy Kemper, right? He's an elite goaltender, but you know, injuries, streakiness, whatever may they're voodoo. Look, goaltenders are voodoo right across the league. Um, You know, this may be a, an opportunity for the Washington capitals to leverage, Hey, we've got a low paid goaltender. We can deal him, uh, move some things around alleviate some cap, get John Carlson back in the lineup, move this extra piece goaltender, whether it be Kemper, Lindgren, or this, or someone else. Um, so do I think there's controversy? No, I, I, I like our tandem. It's head and shoulders above what we had last year. Uh, I applaud Brian McClellan for going out and getting them. Uh, it was a tough sell. It was a tough way to do it. Uh, but you know what? We stayed within budget, I believe, for the tandem. And we locked these guys for, for multiple years. So uh, at least at the beginning of the season, this was the long-term plan. And I really don't think, I don't see the Washington Capitals moving too far away from that. And, you know, Darcy Kemper is an interesting goalie. You know, I was in love with the idea of him coming here, but on Twitter and YouTube all the time, I hear people saying, why do you keep singing the praises of Darcy Kemper? Well, for one, if you look at his stats, he has some of the best stats in the NHL. So that's a good place to start. Um, But it just seems like no matter what happens, that there's always going to be, is there a better option behind door number two? And in this case, this story emanates from Elliot Friedman. uh, In this story I read was in the Hockey Writers, is that could the Capitals be in market for Corel Vamelka of the Coyotes? And they were saying maybe a trade for Lars Eller and a draft pick. Um, it does seem like a bit of an interesting move, you know, and I think to a certain extent, you know, Elliot Freeman kind of just throws stuff to the wall and see whatever sticks. Um, but, but that's what he gets paid to do. He gets paid to pontificate, make all these grand ideas out there. Sometimes he's right. A lot of times he's not. I ultimately don't think it's the right idea for the Caps to go out and add another goaltender to the mix. I was talking to you earlier about the season that kind of Holpe rose to prominence and it was him and Michael Neuwirth. And then all of a sudden they signed Thomas Volkun. And then you have kind of that crazy goalie carousel. And I think it kind of makes some of the goalies insecure, to be honest with you. If the Caps are going to go out and sign someone, say they even want to make a deal with the Coyotes, I would go for a defenseman or a forward before I'd sign another netminder. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chikrin's on the table. He's expressed the will to move. Uh, he's he's kind of a Band-Aid as well, though, a guy that's in and out of the lineup based on injury. So hopefully, you know, he's hitting the gym, uh, hitting the weight room, training uh, what he needs to train to strengthen those, those you know, fine motor muscles, if you will, uh, so that he's not injured all the time. 
but uh you know he's one of the top you know uh free or free agents there there or the uh, at least the trade bait that's out there again i really don't think the washington capitals can afford him because after this year he would be technically a rental we would have to leverage him just for the playoffs basically uh, and then we'd have to struggle with re-signing him. Now, the Caps blue line, you can look at it as, a, as an opportunity as well. We have a lot of guys that are that are going to be seeking raises. Um, you know, you could replace him with a young guy like Chikrin. Or you could work from the farm. The Washington Capitals have done a great job uh, drafting defensemen over the past, you know, several years. So we have guys that we believe in, you know, Alexiev, some guys that we've seen even now, but uh, we've also traded a lot of them away for other pieces. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, looking for the future, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should move for a goalie unless there's promise of a third team getting involved. Like we're taking something away. Uh, you know, we're providing the first players like Lars Eller and some picks and then we get the goalie in return, and then we middleman a deal between another team, and we get something else in return, like a depth forward or a, even a, a you know, number five, number six forward, a number four, number three defenseman, maybe even a number two. Uh, but, man, that's that's a lot of moving parts, right? And that's, you know, you want to talk about pontificating. Now we're, now we're wading deep into it, you know. Yeah, and it's just one of those interesting stories that kind of goes on during this all-star break. It is kind of, uh, you know, the dog days of hockey, if you will. It kind of gives the Caps a good chance to rest up some of their players, and it gives writers and uh, the talking heads time for the, to talk about what could be. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about the breakout season of Alex Ovechkin and ultimately who comes back to this Caps team next fall. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. And in the previous segment, we were talking about what players are going to get moved around and that kind of thing. So an interesting question is that John Carlson is the only player under contract on the blue line next year. You have Alexiev and you have Fervari who are restricted free agents. What is this Caps blue line going to look like next year. Are you going to give Orloff that big deal? I'm all about it, but I don't know if Brian McClellan and that Ted Leonsis are. Yeah, man. I mean, this is tough because we're already up against it uh, on the cap and we just need in the, and the ceiling is only projected to rise like a mill <laughs> again, right. uh, recovering from the, the revenue loss during COVID. Uh, but, or at least that's what the owners in the league are saying. Um, but, I, I look at the blue line and I am nothing but terrified. Uh, you know, the, I agree. I like Orlov a lot. I like Jensen, you know, those are two guys that are on the wrong side of 30 though. You know, they're, they're aging up. They're uh, getting a little bit older. I think that there's been a clear, you know, quarter step, a noticeable quarter step missed uh, in speed and, and whatnot from last year to this year. I still think that the Washington Capitals have an underrated blue line. I really do. I like their, I like their defensive core. Um, I think they were good last year. I, I think they're good this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, players are getting older. Uh, I'm not sure that they're in those players in particular, Jensen and uh, Orlov, who Orlov has been a rising star 
and Jensen has been kind of a reclamation project, but he's proven with the Washington Capitals that he can be, you know, a top four defenseman. Orlov was already there. So they're going to be commanding some pretty heavy wages, and I'm not sure if the Washington Capitals have an appetite for that. I think we get to keep one. I think that we lock our RFAs, but those are also attractive moving pieces, right? So think about Martin Favriari. We don't sign him, but we still have his rights. That's still an attractive trade bait or or movement that we could make uh, that's low cost to another team, and we could get something in return for him. Um, So... Oof. I mean, it's it's full of decision making. I really think that the Caps are going to have to blow up the blue line and go out for these discount players. We're probably going to see some veterans come through um, and we're just going to have to supplement some gaps with the with the farm. And I think Alexiev is going to get a shot. I think Favriari is going to be uh, in a more prominent role if he stays around. Um, but he is an attractive moving piece, right? He's he's somebody who's going to come off his RFA contract. He's looking for a little bit of an increase, but it's not like he's getting double digit millions a year. So, you know, uh, that's a guy that that you could either throw money at and keep or move uh, for something cheaper, but serviceable. Um, You know, so (laughs) I don't envy Brian McClellan at all, but I do think that his plan was was I think that he designed it this way. I, I really do. I think that obviously he had to get John Carlson in. And if you look at the John Carlson contract, no matter what people say about his turnovers or whatever they're complaining about at any given time, for a number one defenseman, we're paying him like $8 million a year. That is a solid get for somebody of the caliber player that John Carlson is. Ice time leader, offensive powerhouse, good puck-moving defenseman, still a shutdown guy. I mean, I like him. Um, the other supplemental pieces – you know, they're just going to have to fall in. I, I really, I am, I am at a loss. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I think that we'll probably see some names that we don't recognize on the blue line next year. Yeah. Cause I mean, the players that you always hear about future blue liners are Alexiev. You hear Lucas Johansson, then you got Vincent Iorio down in Hershey and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of potential or future capitals, blue liners that are going to be good, but none of them that I believe are really ready for prime time because when they have been given their sample, when they've been given their opportunity, it seems to me like they haven't made the most of their opportunities. Um, and that kind of goes, you know, not even the blue line. You take a look at uh, Connor McMichael and Hendrick Slop here and those kind of guys. There are a lot of players in the wings. I do think this Caps team is going to be a pretty good team in the years to come. That's why to a certain extent, I don't want them to mess with that too much because you've seen them totally rip down and deplete that farm system before. And then you're kind of trying to rebuild it on the fly there. So it is going to be a bit interesting. If you take a look at the forwards alone, when is it going to be the opportunity for a Connor McMichael and a Hendricks lop here? It seems like every year is going to be the year. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at your phone at work and you're like, they were reassigned to Hershey, huh? Again. So what is it about those players that they have not lived up to potential as of yet? Yeah, man. I mean, McMichael's a tough bounce for sure for for the Washington Capitals organization. Uh, He had a decent year last year, but this year he came out of camp and almost didn't make the team. You know, Um, after coming to camp last year, heavier, stronger, faster, better. This year we we didn't see that same uh, upward mobility. Uh, And I think coaching staff really hammered him for it, which is, you know, expected and sad and then they had him in the lineup and he didn't perform uh 
you know, he had that one Tilly, which was good, you know, earning that spot. I love to see that. Uh, but overall, you know, um, I had thought McMichael would be NHL talent. He just doesn't have, you know, again, it's kind of like an Anthony Mantha uh, situation where he's streaky, uh, not super involved physically as an undersized player as a center. Um, and it's just been tough for him. I, I don't know if, you know, he's going to be part of this situation because you got to think, when is his, his true time? Probably after Backstrom and Ovi are out of the picture, right? I mean, we've, if we move Lars Eller, there's, there's an option there. The Washington Capitals, as of today, find themselves with an embarrassment of riches down the middle, right? Something that we had to solve to win a cup and we solved it with Lars Eller. Now we have Backstrom, Kuzi, Eller, Strom. You know, we have four, and then we have Doubter, who's out on the shelf, right? Injured as well. But that's five serviceable, if not elite, centermen that we have currently. So, you know, who knows what happens, what moves get made. But, um, you know, as far as the forward depth coming up from Hershey, I still think we're a couple years away from that. And I don't know if McMichael is going to have a future with the Washington Capitals. That could be a piece that could be moved as well, you know, uh, for, for potential there. Uh, and cause he's technically right now, just a highly touted prospect. And that, you know, that's what it's all about. It seems like there are certain players that come along and they say, well, this year and next year and next year, and it just, they never come to fruition. And then to a certain point, you just got to move on from them. It just didn't work on this team. You could say Jacob Verona, for example, he was a guy that was going to be the guy. You just got to give him a little bit of time and he's going to be that guy. He never really was that guy for the Capitals. All right. So one player that is having a standout season, breaking all kinds of record, your captain of the Washington Capitals, Alex Ovechkin, killing it out there. Is he the greatest goal scorer of all time right now? And what do I mean when I say that? You take a look at Wayne Gretzky. You take a look at Gordie Howe. That was back in the day when the goalies were smaller. Uh, the goalies weren't, they didn't use the butterfly style. It's just when they shot the puck, they just kind of flailed their, their legs wildly at them. Uh, is 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 Ovechkin the greatest goal scorer right now? Because he is facing goalies that are bigger. He's facing them that are, there's bigger pads in the butterfly style. I know that he has not caught up to Gretzky yet. But right now, for you as a Caps fan, is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to your point, uh, goalies are no longer taking smoke and beer breaks in between periods coming out and, uh, you know, standing there and being just the gluttons for punishment that they typically were back in the 80s. Um, and, you know, you look at what, something that I think that really sets Ovi apart. So, yes, I, I yes, he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. It's unequivocal to me. Um, but something that's super interesting uh, to, to watch him and his, is his consistency over the years. He's always finding the back of the net, even in his, you know, quote unquote, advanced age at this point, um, you know, in his later 30s. Right. Uh, he's still filling, filling the net with pucks. Gretzky, on the other hand, had those incredibly uh, prolific seasons early on in his career. But really, you know, 20, you know. 15 goals towards the end of his career that was just, again, padding the stats. Now, maybe he didn't have whatever it was to work for, like Ovechkin does, to, to break that and stay consistent. But you look at how healthy, you know, knock on wood, how healthy Ovechkin has been throughout his career. Hopefully that continues. 
how much, how consistently he scores. I mean, he's going to start breaking records on consistency styles as well. Right. I mean, most 30 goal seasons, most 40 goal seasons, most 50 goal seasons, you know, that's a, that's a feat in itself. And you don't often see, in fact, you've probably never seen a player that is so consistent and healthy throughout his entire career, uh, including Wayne Gretzky, who, you know, had those crazy amounts of goal seasons early on in his career and then kind of coasted into the longevity side of it uh, to, to hit those all-time records. And, you know, my detractors are people that will like to argue with me. Usually it's older people, older than myself anyway. They'll say, well, Ovechkin has an advantage because if you see in slow motion when he takes a slap shot, you can see that arc of that stick go back like this and drive it forward. Especially in Gordie Howe's era, they were wood sticks and, you know, maybe the first stages of fiberglass during Gretzky's era. Do you think, and I know that this is just kind of pontificating as well, is that if Howe and Gretzky were in modern times, do you think that they would have had have adapted and had even more goals scored uh yeah absolutely and then you know it's it's funny that you bring up uh gordy howe because if you calculate gordy howe's like what was it though the the uh world hockey league like back in the day before that he came into the nhl uh he's got like a thousand pro goals in the regular season so he's actually above gretzky by a considerable amount when you look at like top tier pro leagues obviously it's not the nhl so that that doesn't count towards the records but uh gordy howe would have been a absolute force to be reckoned with right you look at players who are generational talent and you know i i would lump you know like Sidney crosby into that group those type of you know malkin even generational type talent right uh even backstrom and, and kuznetsov could probably fall into that role but then you look at like goats greatest of all time people who really defined an era and and were incredible like once in a lifetime players that you get to see i think ovechkin gordy howe wayne gretzky they fall into those like all-time goat level players so you look at gretzky's career it was a clutch and grab system that you know you were allowed to play with the free hand you were allowed to play the hands with your stick which means like lacrosse like slashes that stuff doesn't fly anymore in this league uh, Gordy Howe probably would have sat for several suspensions throughout his career, but still dominated the scoring. Um, you know, the Gordy Howe hat trick is there's a reason that that uh, that is a thing because Gordy Howe did it all. Um, you know, and I, I look at players like that, and I absolutely think with modern tech, modern gear, modern training, taking care of your body the way that they do now. Uh, you look at that stuff and yes, I, I absolutely think that if they were born in a different era, they still would have been dominant players. And, and I think that it would all have come out in the wash. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, to your detractors point, yeah, that's true. But the fact remains, they aren't doing it now in the modern era and Ovechkin is. So, you know, reality and fantasy are, are, are two different things, right? All right, I'm going a little bit long here. I could talk hockey with you all day, but you know, there's going to be a team that is going to win the draft lottery. A generational player, to your point, Connor Bedard. Holy crap, if you mm -hmm. haven't seen... His stats, whoever gets him, if it is the Blackhawks or the Blue Jackets or whatever the case may be, just an amazing player. I don't really have time to get into that. We'll have to talk about that next time. But Connor Bedard is going to be a player for the ages in the NHL. There's no mistaking it. So, Hockey Troll, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Of course, you have your podcast, the Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, episodes that come out every Monday and Thursday. You can find us at Caps Chirp on all social media, and you can find me at Hockey Trolling with an I N on all social media as well. Would love to follow and and to listen. I'm definitely not as pro as you as far as mm-hmm. the news. I mean, you're crazy man doing the grind every day. So keep keep fighting the good fight. I'm more uh, pontificating and and a little bit more. Um, I don't know, not safe for work. So <laughs> I got to clean it up whenever I come on here. And But it's always a good conversation. Uh, and I really appreciate you uh, having me back. All right. Once again, thank you for joining us uh, on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Make sure and check out his uh, podcast, the Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.